Hey Open Life, my name is Jaden and I am the Canvas Pastor here at Open Life Bonnie Lake. And I just wanna let you know that we are trying something completely different today. We are doing the talk all on video. And so I'm super excited because this is gonna be the first Sunday that I don't have to wear pants when I speak. So I'm pausing for laughter. But anyway, I just want you to know, I am wearing shorts. These really are shorts, so I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm wearing pants. I'm fully clothed, but so today, the, how, why we're doing this is that a few weeks ago, we were talking about what we'd be talking in this series. And, and today was about the peace that comes from following Jesus and a little bit about the hope of salvation. And so, uh, back, you know, if you know everything that's going on with my mom, you know, that's been a hard time, but we've, you know, we've kept believing and kept praying. And so, um, back when we were deciding to do this, I said, you know what, I would love to, to, you know, to talk about this talk. But as you guys know, sometimes these little water faucets, like in my eyes, they kind of just start going and they get turned on all of a sudden. And so um, I'm like, you know what, if I'm just talking like about my mom a lot, I'm just going to start crying and like weeping. And then it's just awkward for everyone. And so I'm like, you know, maybe I could record it in my garage because that's where I am in my little garage studio. And so um, I just said, you know, maybe I should do it and maybe we should have a video talk. And that way I can get through the talk, actually say some things with substance. And if I totally become emotional wreck, I can like pause and regroup and stuff like that. And so we agreed that might be a good idea. Uh, and so we, we decided to do it. Um, but then uh, if you weren't here last week, then you, you might know now. Um, my mom actually passed away uh, a week ago uh, yesterday, and and so it's been a pretty rough week for me and my family, but we've had a lot of hope, and the way it happened was just very peaceful, and I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for just all your prayers. I, I saw them and I read them over this last week, and it just means the world to me, and so I just wanted you to know that um, I love you guys. Um, we still wanted to go through with this, though. Um, just because, you know, I'm not going to be there now. And so it, it works out perfectly, even though I'm not going to be there, it was still going to be good to, to do the talk, um, on the video. But so I'm actually in Missoula, Montana right now. We just had our, uh, the funeral yesterday. And so, um, and by I say now, I mean like literally right now on Sunday, um, I'm actually in Bonnie Lake on Wednesday right now filming this, but just so you know, um, and so, we had the funeral yesterday on Saturday, and I'm hoping it's going to be a great time of remembering. I'm sure there's going to be lots of tears, but really lots of celebration um, because my mom fought really hard, and we're just really excited for her to not be in pain anymore. And so before the tears start getting going, um, I just wanted to thank you. And I think I was telling people that I think the funny thing is I cry more thinking about all the people that have loved on us and prayed for us and encouraged us throughout this whole 18 month period. And so it really means the world. And so um, I believed weeks ago that these verses were gonna be encouraging, um, even though I knew they directly related to my family. And so even though my mom passed away this last week, they still apply. And the word of God doesn't change. And we, <clears throat> excuse me, and we can still lean on the hope of Jesus, even when we're going through hard trials. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And so let's jump in to today's talk. 
This is the third week in our By Faith uh, series of walking through Romans. And we're just really excited about walking through Romans. You know, the first we talked about the gospel, and now we're talking about what it means to live by faith. And that's basically it. The series' big idea is we are saved by faith. Um, There's nothing that you can do other than believing and following Jesus that's going to bring you into a right relationship with God. There's nothing that you can give. There's nothing that you can pay that's going to bring you into a good relationship. There's nothing that anything possible that you can do with your actions that's going to say, you know what, you are good enough to be in a right relationship with God. The key thing about all this is by our faith in Jesus that he lived on this earth, that he died and then rose again. If we truly have faith and believe in that, then we are saved. And so we've been talking a lot about justification and what that means. And something that I've always held on to, uh, just a little way you can say it, is when we're talking about justification and being justified, basically you're saying that you're justified, never sin. And so when we choose to follow Jesus, when we choose to put our faith in him, then it becomes as if it's justified, never sinned, and I'm back in right relationship with God. And so we've been talking about how before the law in the Old Testament, there was a man named Abraham, and he was counted righteous because he put his faith in God and chose to follow him. And so we are saved by faith. That's the big series idea for all the weeks in this series. But what happens when we put our faith in Jesus? What happens? What's that next step? What are like the benefits of doing that? And so Paul gets to that in um, chapter 5 in Romans. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. And so let's read this verse. It's in the middle of chapter 5. It's Romans 5, 10 through 11. Paul says this, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we are still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through his life, through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. When we put our faith in Jesus, we get to rejoice in our new relationship with God. We get to rejoice. We get to celebrate. This is a new life. It's a new friendship that we get to have. And God's part is finished. He's done the work. He sent his son to this earth. And so now it's our job to say, yes, I believe, or yes, I have faith. Yes, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And we are left with that decision. And so the big idea today is by faith, we become friends with God. That verse that we just read perfectly explains the love and grace that God has for us. It's by faith that we become friends with God. Even when we are his enemies and not following him, he sent his son to live and to die for us. Even when we were his enemies, he did this. It is through this life and death and resurrection of Jesus that we become actual friends with God. And so a bunch of other translations actually use the word uh, reconciliation for this process. But it is just that. It's whether by time, circumstance, tragedy, or whatever is going on in your life, if you feel like that you are apart from God or you're far away from God, God sent Jesus to reconcile himself to you so that you could be in right standing with him, so that you could be in relationship with him, so that you could be in a friendship with God. And so it's it's just crucially important that we realize that it's only if we put our faith in and only if we follow Jesus that this happens. And so we are friends with God because of Jesus. But what does what else does that mean 
for our lives. And so Romans 5, 1 through 2 says this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So we first read uh, the verse in the middle of chapter 5, and now we're going back to the beginning to kind of see how we got to that point. And so the thought for this is, because we are friends with God, thought number one is we have peace with God. We have peace with God. If there's one message that my family has been truly holding on to for the past week since my mom has passed away, it's that this one thing that was revealed in those two verses we read is that we get to have peace with God. We have peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us. We joyfully look forward to the time of sharing in God's glory. And so let me be like abundantly and absolutely clear. My mom, for the past week, she's been sharing in the glory of God. She's with him. She's with other of my relatives that have passed before us. She's with my uh, grandma and grandpa. She's with a cousin that passed away before I was even born. And something cool that we've just been talking about and praying about is that she gets to be with a brother or sister that I don't even know about because my parents had a miscarriage before I was born. I'm sure she's having the best time up with Jesus right now. And so that's something to rejoice about. That's something to be excited about. It's something to be happy about. And, you know, we're mourning right now. We, we just had a funeral yesterday. And, you know, we're, we're going through this process of grief and stuff. But most of all, we get to have peace with God because she had a relationship with Jesus. She followed Jesus to the very end of her day, even when she was going through this really terrible sickness and disease for the last 18 months. But you know, everyone has their own story of what they are going through, the situation that they are currently living in. Even in my mom's brain cancer, irrespective of other details, peace and longing for God's glory is for everyone. It's for no matter who it is, because it's all about this undeserved grace given to us by God through Jesus. It's undeserved. We didn't do anything to earn it other than that God loves us and he sent Jesus to die for us and to be resurrected again so we could have life in him. You know, just because we have this peace doesn't, doesn't mean that everything just becomes easy and now that we just get to rest and, and just smell incense and I have Jesus and now everything is just like flowers. It's beautiful and everything there. I have no problems with my life. That doesn't happen. It's more about being in the middle of a storm and having the peace of knowing your ship is still going to the same destination. You're still going to get there even if waves are crashing up on to the boat and you feel like you're just going crazy. But you know because you're following Jesus that you're headed for something great. That you're going to make it even if it's not the way or the route that you would have taken. But you know the, the, the destination of your course is not changing. And so Paul expands on this in Romans 5, 3 through 5. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. 
Because we are friends with God, thought number two, we will not be disappointed by God. And so I think this is really important, and I'm really going to take some time to focus on this, because sometimes I think we don't realize that we have a sure hope in following God, that we do have salvation, that when we do die, there is something to be really excited about. And though we don't like to think about that and talk about that a lot, we we can know and have assurance that when we pass away, we're going to be in the perfect relationship with God. But I just wanted to talk about like, you know, when you go to a movie, when was the last time that you went to go see a movie in the movie theater and you were disappointed? Can you think of a one time? For me, it's going to the movie Into the Woods. Now, some of you may love this movie, but I, for the life of me, still cannot get out of my head the little kid screaming, to grandmother's house. You know, like that is super annoying. When I went to the movie, I had no idea that this was an actual musical. I just thought it was like, you know, a Snow White thing. And so, you know what, I'll go see a chick flick with my mom and my sisters and my wife because it was weird, we went during Christmas. You know, like I'm gonna do a good thing for them. I'm gonna go to this movie. But then it's a musical and that's like, I mean, what kind of suffering is that? That's the most terrible suffering you could ever go through. And so, uh, but it makes it worse when you like invest into the movie, you know, like we got popcorn, we got candy. And so I think oftentimes when we go to movies and we, it turns out to be a dud. It's like, I spend this much for the ticket. I spend this much for the popcorn. I spent this much for pop and look what I got. Look what I have to show for it. That's why we go to matinees for movies. We might be a little wishy-washy about if it's great, then it's like, sweet. I got to saw this awesome movie for $5. But then if it's bad, it's like, you know what? I only paid $5 for that. It's not a big deal. And so I think sometimes we think about that in our lives with God is like, well, what am I going to get out of this? Am I going to be disappointed? Am I, is it worth all the trouble? In the end, am I going to be disappointed for the way I've been living my life? And so I think a very real fear is that we wonder if we are going to be disappointed by God. Do we not experience disappointment every single day of our lives. We totally do. Certain things happen where we just, uh, we're, you know, it's not the way we'd have intended it to happen. So for me and my family, it's my mom's sickness and, and praying for healing and never really finding it, never finding it. You know, never, we we're just waiting for that miracle, but it, it never happened. But other people, you know, go through other stuff too. Um, our friend Ed Owen, who sometimes does the intro and closing here at Open Life, during, while I'm talking here uh, on the video screen, Ed is actually talking down at Open Life Sumner with Brent, talking about the disappointments and trials that, he, that his family has gone through in the past and how God has helped them through that. And so if you are inclined, we'll have both of these talks up on the website and on the app this week. And so maybe you want to get a different perspective on what that looks like. But we all deal with disappointment. We don't get to choose our trials but we do get to choose how far we want to cast our hope. We don't get to choose our trials, but we get to choose how far we want to cast our hope. And so my thought process is this. We can't be disappointed when our hope is in eternity. We can't be disappointed when we know that this life isn't all there, there is. That when we're, when we're maybe sick in our bodies because of cancer or whatever else, that that's only a shell of the spirit living inside of us and that when we die, we get to live in eternity with Jesus. And so if my hope is for what Jesus promised, that he came so that we could have everlasting life with him, then I can learn to rejoice 
with him in my suffering today. And that's hard. And I don't say it just to say, oh yeah, just do this. And you know, life will be so much better. But this helps us have a kingdom perspective for our lives and help us walk through some of the momentary times of suffering that we may be going through. You know, trials lead to endurance, which leads to good character, which leads to hope that will not lead to disappointment. That's the verses that we just read in Romans. We will not be disappointed because God has already done the work of salvation and he sent the Holy Spirit to us to continually remind us of that, to fill our hearts with love, to fill our hearts with peace, and to show us that this life isn't all there is, that there is a life after death. And so for me and my family, that's been the truth and the hope that we've been holding, holding on to. And so I believe that knowing that helps us through the trials that we might have right now in our very lives, that it's not just something that we just put off to the end of time and think, you know what, well, once I'm dead, then I'm going to worry about that. No, that hope that we have for eternity can help us get through our trials that we might be facing right now. And it's a process of knowing that if I have hope today, if I repeat that hope tomorrow, and if I keep doing that over and over and over, over time, I've learned to have maybe a little bit of endurance. And then as time goes by more on that, you, you, you might look back and say, you know what? Through that trial in my life, man, God just really helped me grow in my character. And so when we do that from the verses that we were reading, that's when the hope of salvation is that much more secure in our relationship with Jesus. And then we, we truly get to understand the depth of that friendship that God has for us and why he sent Jesus for you know, our salvation. And so when the next trial arises, we see it in the terms and the perspective of eternity and the hope that we truly do have. We will not be disappointed. So if I can encourage you with anything, the end, you will not be disappointed with the end. This is not like a movie where you have to worry about how much you're investing into your life. You know, is it really worth this to, you know, to really spend time pursuing God and pursuing Jesus and trying to grow in your relationship with him? It is totally worth it because you're not going to be disappointed by the end that you have. So Romans 5, 6 through 9, as we continue, Paul says this, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Because we are friends with God, thought number three, we are given help from God. You know, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us. I think it's important to note that Jesus came at the right time in human history, but he also came at the right time in terms of the human struggle. It was not just a lucky circumstance that the spread of the gospel happened so quickly after Jesus had lived his life and died and sent out the disciples throughout all the world in the Great Commission that we read in Matthew 28. But on the other side of things, Jesus came at the right time because humans had done their best and tried their hardest to become right with God. And it just wasn't working out. Things were going hectic and haywire. And so Jesus comes at the right time to say, you know what? There is a new way of life. There's a new way. I am If you know me, then you know God, and I'm going to live my life perfectly. I'm going to sacrifice myself so that all of you, so that everyone throughout time and history can have salvation through me. 
And so that is the, the moment in time. Jesus came at right, just the right time when we were helpless so that we could have life through him. And so God didn't wait for everyone to be perfect or select just a few people, you know, to be upright before he sent Jesus. While everything was still lost, while everything was still broken, when people had gone a long way down the wrong path, God sent Jesus so that we could have life in him. So, you know, maybe you've come into open life today or you look at other Christians on the internet or on TV or through other different relationships that you have and you think, well, you know what, I really think I have to have it all together in order to, you know, have a relationship with Jesus. And can I just tell you today that that couldn't be further from the truth because Jesus came when we were still sinners, when we were still broken and in our lives right now, so that we could have a relationship with him. Jesus is for you, he's here for me, right now, through the struggles and things that we're all going through. So whether you know your balance is super high or super low in your bank accounts, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the color of your skin or the job that you have, where you live, what neighborhood you're from. Like It doesn't matter whether you're from the United States or whether you're from Africa or South America. Nothing matters when we're talking about Jesus because he came to save everyone. At the time when we were all sinners, Jesus came so that we could have life through him. And so this isn't to say that Jesus is here just to save us. There is a next step. And that is where we get to the verse that we read at the beginning of the, of the today's talk, that Romans 5, 10 through 11. For since our friendship with God was restored by death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. We get to rejoice in the friendship that we have with Jesus. He has come to meet where we are at in our lives at this moment to have a relationship with us so that if we feel far away from him, all we have to look to ourselves and say, what more can I give to this relationship? What more can I give to Jesus to help my relationship grow with him? Because he's already come like 100%. If you could do something more than 100%, Jesus did that because he loves us so much. And so it's like, what more can I do? Because I know Jesus has done, he's done the work, he's gone for it, he's come at me with everything that he could possibly do because he still gives us free will. And so now it's my choice to say, Man, Jesus, I want to increase that relationship with you. And so this is where my mom's relationship with Jesus is such an example for me and for my family and then hopefully for you at a time in her life where she could have questioned all the promises that we've just been reading just in this passage here today. You know, that we have hope for our salvation, that there are, uh, that our trials will actually strengthen us that we have a true friendship with God. At a time where she might be able to say, you know what, I just do not think that's true. Uh, I have this brain tumor in my brain and I, I can't even find the strength to get on with tomorrow. She could have questioned everything, but she chose to still believe. She chose to still follow. Even at a time where she couldn't even read, she would still refocus on the promises that she remembered from scripture. She would always tell us when we come home, I'm still believing, I still trust in Jesus for what we're doing and how we're attacking this sickness. And so I would even, even when she was unresponsive, I would sit there next to her hospital bed in the bedroom and I would just read her scriptures and passages and just trying to encourage her and say, you know what? 
this life isn't all there is. We're so proud of you for the way that you lived your life and the way that you fought and chose to trust in Jesus throughout this entire circumstance. Our friendships with God by our faith in Jesus, it brings life to our souls. When we choose to pursue that relationship, when we choose to take these hard steps in our relationship with Jesus to trust Him through our deepest and darkest trials, that's when we can know that we're not going to be disappointed. And so we get to Romans 5, 15 through 19, and we're going to talk about the life that Jesus brings us. But it, Paul says this, but there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. Even though we are guilty of many sins, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. This. Because we are friends with God, thought number four, we move from death to life. Paul takes time here to contrast Adam with Jesus. You know, he's talking about Adam being the first man um, created and how he had the opportunity to live in harmony with God. But he chose to turn away from him. He chose to sin. And throughout all of time, you know, man's just been doing the same thing, living by our own nature, living by our own desires when we could have had the opportunity to just live in harmony with him. And so then to fix this, God sends Jesus. And so Paul is contrasting Adam with Jesus, which is kind of like this second Adam. And so, um, God sends Jesus at just the right time for us, as we read earlier. And so we're able to understand the gracious gift of God more fully when we stop to understand the gravity of Adam's sin and our sinful nature. And so when we read this passage from Adam's sin, we, we see the outcomes of that and that it brought death to many, that it led to condemnation, that it caused death to rule over many condemnation for everyone like those things are what sin causes but then we see we read about god's gracious gift and that's jesus and then what happens from that is that jesus brings forgiveness to many leads us to being made right with god and we live in triumph over sin and death and finally it brings a right relationship with god and new life for everyone so for every hardship that Adam brought on by his own sin, Jesus becomes the opposite of those things by having a life-giving spirit. So we don't have to be resigned to the fact that our nature leads us to sin and the condemnation and the death that that brings. We can have the sure hope of our salvation through Jesus because he brings us forgiveness. He brings us into a right relationship with God. And most importantly, he brings new life for everyone. Just like we said earlier, no matter who you are. In 1 Corinthians 14, 45, perfectly says this. It says the scriptures in Genesis tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. Jesus is a life-giving spirit. 
And he's like an infinite life-giving spirit. He's going to keep giving life to whoever wants it, to whoever chooses to follow him and accept him. And so everything involving Adam is finite. There's limits. He sinned, and so there's limits to how he was going to live with God. But everything with Jesus and with God is infinite. And so we have this access to the infinite source of life, the infinite source of love through the Holy Spirit. And so Christ is constantly giving us that spirit of hope, that spirit of love, and that meets us in our darkest moments. Like, so when we're going through our worst trial that we've ever faced, we can know that the Holy Spirit is encouraging us with love to bring us closer and closer to Jesus and understanding that we can learn from our trials, that we can develop it into endurance and then into character and then finally into the hope of salvation. And so today, the final question, instead of an action point, we're going to do a final question. But today that is, are you a friend of God? And so if the answer is simply no, if you came to Open Life today and you would say, I am not a friend of God, um, then maybe today is a day that you would choose to accept and follow Jesus. That you would say, you know what, I want to be a friend of God. I want this deep, strong relationship that you're talking about. And so we'll pray for that in the final prayer in just a minute. And um, if you do say today is that day and you do pray that prayer, um, then why don't you check that box on your connect card and we love to get um, just in contact with you and say, you know, how can we help you take the next steps of this relationship? But if you're here today and you say, I am a friend of God, I am in this relationship, I've chosen to follow Jesus, then there is a follow-up question for you and that is what kind of friend are you to God? And so now in Seattle and with our sport teams, I think sports teams, I think we really absolutely hate it like when we have fair weather fans, you know, it's like when the Seahawks are winning or like when the Mariners are winning, like way back in 95, you know, it's like you could say, you know, man, I just love the Mariners. I love the Seahawks now that they're winning. But, we, but there's other times where it's like, oh, does Seattle even have a, a baseball team, you know? And so like, those are what you call fair weather fans. And, and like, like, don't even get me started about my sounders because we're kind of in one of those moments right now, but it'll get better. I have faith, I believe. And so, um, but the same is true for our friendships. Are you a fair weather friend? Are you a fair weather friend of God? And so that's really the question I want to pose to you. Maybe your job is going good. You know, there's no family crisis going on. Things are just peachy and you're like, God, thank you. Church was great this week. I really learned a lot. I'm getting so much of reading the Bible. You know what? The school supply give is coming. I have money for that. I'm going to donate to that. But then when things go haywire in our lives, how does your friendship with God look? Things start to go a little wrong at work or, you know, maybe something happens with your kids and, and things are just going crazy and maybe you pull away a little bit. You're like, you know, is this really worth, worth it? Am I going to be disappointed? And so my last thought just with my family and everything is that I am so grateful that my mom, my dad, my wife, my sisters over the past 18 months have chosen to hunker down and just say, God, this situation is completely nuts, but we're going to keep fighting we're still friends with you. We're going to figure this out. We're not going to lose our hope in you just because we're going through a momentary trial. And so if I can encourage you at all to have the faith 
to get through whatever you might be going through in your life. I don't know if it's a job transition or I don't know if it's a sickness in your life or a family member's life, but nothing would make me more excited than to know that you're holding on to your relationship with Jesus through your trials rather than backing away because I think nothing grieves God more. Nothing makes me more sad too than to see people give up on their friendship with God when they go through a hard time. When they say, you know what, this isn't just working, this isn't working out for me, so I'm going to pull back. And so I think we have to remember that Jesus is the one who said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And so my hope today is that you could be encouraged through my family's struggles, but also that you would be encouraged in your struggles so that your trials, your struggles could turn into endurance and so that that endurance could turn into character and then eventually that that character would turn into a more sure hope of the salvation of Jesus. And so I'm going to pray. I just want you guys to think, what kind of friend are you with God? And if you're not, maybe today's the day that you say, I want to have that sure hope for, of salvation, that sure hope of life. And so God, we just come before you and we just say thank you for coming to this earth. Thank you for living your life perfectly. Thank you for choosing to sacrifice yourself for us, God. And most importantly, thank you for coming, being resurrected back to life through the Holy Spirit, God. And, and we just thank you for that fact, God. And so I pray for those who have never chosen to follow you. I pray, Lord, that they would pray just a prayer of saying, God, I choose to believe in you, that they would do that during this next worship song, that they'd say, you know what, God, I believe you, I choose to follow you, and I'm going to love you the rest of my life. Would they do that today and then communicate that, God? But Lord, I pray also for those who might be in just a, a, a weird time in their lives. Maybe they're going through trial and they think, Am I going to be disappointed by you, God? I pray, Lord, that you would give them just a sure hope today. Lord, that you would encourage them to know that they will not be disappointed. Lord, that there is hope in you, that our trials are there to strengthen us to, so that we can trust in you more, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would do that today, Lord. Let us do that as we sing this song. In your name we pray. Amen.